is the moment UFC fans around the world have been waiting for. It's time! Hello and welcome to episode 17 of the Red Belt Report. The monthly MMA podcast where we talk about everything going on in the world of mixed martial arts. I'm your host, Bob Phelan. And I'm your co-host, Brooks Phelan. And we've got a special episode for you. This is a little bonus episode to coincide with the premiere of the 20 millionth uh, season of The Ultimate Fighter. 24th. Redemption, where former members of the reality show come back for a second chance at Redemption. Is that what it is? Yeah. You didn't know that. Yeah, that's what it is. Is it 24th or 25th? I think it's 25th. I think it's... Oh, I was going to say 24th, but it's one of those. Okay. Check your local listings. <laughs> uh, but what <clears throat> I came up with this idea for what we're about to do after doing the uh, episode 200 uh, episode of the Redbox Report, my other podcast about movies where we came out with the bracket of 64 movies from 2016. and Shameless plug. Yes, it was really cool. You should check it out. <laughs> uh, and we just played out the tournament through that, and I thought maybe there's a way to like do some cool creative game type thing for this podcast. And yeah, I like it a lot. I like the idea. For whatever reason, I figured, hey, Ultimate Fighter, maybe if this works out well, we'll run our own little season, quote-unquote, of the Ultimate Fighter, where we draft our teams of eight each and then have a tournament where uh, they go against each other through whatever merit and there's a winner at the end. Yeah. But it won't be like who would win in a fight or who is necessarily just the best fighter of the two. It's who, whatever you argue for, is the most important best fighter uh, for the era, whatever, you just, it's like a debate of, um, I don't know how based, to explain based it. Based on like accomplishments and merit. Yeah. And yeah, it's just basically a debate club. Whoever can make the case for a person to convince the other, then that person will advance. And if there's no convincing each other and it's tied, we one says this person should advance, the other says the other. Each person will get one override for this tournament where they force the person they want into the next round. And if there's a tie and there's no override used, we will flip a coin, the good old-fashioned flip of a coin to decide a winner. 50-50. Yes. And I think we this could go a number of different ways. There's a bunch of different possibilities we could do theme-wise for this whenever we do it. Like... I don't know, best Bantamweights, and you could draft out of the Bantamweights that have ever been <laughs> fighters in MMA. Yeah, you could do any topic, really, I mean. But because the season of the Ultimate Fighter is redemption, and it's people coming back, I figured let's start it off with uh, the best of the best Ultimate Fighter contestants. So we will be drafting out of the thousands, it's probably not thousands, but hundreds of fighters that have competed on the Ultimate Fighter. We will each draft our teams of eight, 
and uh, find out who's the best fighter to ever come out of the Ultimate Fighter. No, it's not necessarily best fighter. I mean, I, I, I guess it is, but it's... <clears throat> yeah, yeah. It's all for yeah. fun. It's just yeah. uh, for shits and giggles. Something... It's nothing concrete here. It's our opinions. It's Yeah, please feel free to send us any feedback, argue the case why we're wrong, why we're right, who we left out. Please, anything. We're willing Absolutely. to hear it. You know? But first, just like any season of The Ultimate Fighter, each team needs a coach. So... Without further ado, who is your coach? It has uh, to be tough, a former coach of the Ultimate. Tough decision, a really tough decision. But I think I'm going to go with my favorite fighter of all time, Dan Henderson. Dan Henderson was a coach. <clears throat> yeah, against Michael Bisping. That's right. That's right. Oh, you could have picked Michael Bisping and had a player coach. <laughs> <laughs> He's been both. Yeah, that's really um, true. Hmm. See, I was hoping you would go either GSP or Conor McGregor so I could take the other one and we could line up a <laughs> super fight between the two at the end of the season. Wow, but, uh, hmm. I think I will go... I forgot George St. Pierre's package. Yeah, I know, right? When was that? That was... Uh, hmm. Was against Josh Koscheck? Yes. Was it? Yes, oh. it was. God, there's been a lot of seasons. Hmm. I'll go... Rampage Jackson for the shit show nature. Okay. And we have to line up a fight at the end. So Rampage versus Dan Henderson, you know, could be yeah. fun. Didn't know we were lining up a fight at the end with the coaches. I mean, not really. Uh, yeah. Just pretend. I got you. I got you. <laughs> but all right. So interesting. I thought for sure that would have went differently, but that's how the cookie crumbles. Now let's flip a coin for who gets first pick in the draft. Call it in all the right. air. Heads or tails? Tails. It's heads, so I get the first pick in the draft. You just have to take my word for it, by the way. <laughs> I don't <laughs> but, believe uh, you. I almost wish I had second and <clears throat> third pick because there's like a, a few here at the top that I had my eye on, but I'll go with Michael Bisbing with my first pick overall. Good call. Good call. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Nate Diaz. Nate Diaz for your first pick. Not bad. He wasn't at the top of my board, so I'm feeling okay about that. Mm-hmm. And now you get another pick. No, I do. Yeah, oh, yeah. snake style. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I'm going to go with... Uh... Man, it's tough. Um... It is tough. On my list, Rashad Evans. Rashad Evans, yeah, that's where I was going if you didn't, so that's a good pick there. Yeah, on my draft board, I have about 20 to 25 names that I'm considering, even though there's only 16 slots. So there's plenty of talent to go around here. Yeah, I I forgot my list here too, but I feel like I've lost people out. I hope you did, because I can (laughs) snatch them on it. But uh, I'm going to go Forrest Griffin. With my second pick. Okay, kind okay. of uh, surprised he lasted that long, but we'll see if that was a steal or not. Uh, for my third pick, hmm, I'm going to go TJ Dillshaw. With, uh, Very good one. Very could good. be a reach, but I have a strategy in mind, and I'm okay. sticking with it. So that's my third pick. I'm going to go with... Um... Okay. 
Yeah, there's all kinds of different fighters. There's ways you could go entertainment, you could go mm. champions, so many different options. I'm going to go with... Kenny Florian. There you go. Not a bad pick at all. Uh, next, I'm going to go with... From the original option player. Ryan Bader. Another good pick. I like it, I like it. Um, but you didn't take the guy... I wanted to take next, so I'm happy about that. And that guy will be Tony Ferguson. Oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, all right, now it gets a little tricky. We're getting into some a little bit lesser. Not necessarily. It depends how you think about it. But I'm going Diego Sanchez. That's a good one. Good one. Um, I'm going to go with... This is your fifth pick in the draft. I get two in a row here, yeah. Yes, you do. Uh, give me a second here. You got plenty of time. I'll fill it by talking about my memories of the first Ultimate Fighter. The, that's actually the first time I ever watched MMA was for the first Ultimate Fighter. So this holds a special place in my heart. Unfortunately, I didn't watch seasons two through seven, <laughs> and then I got sick of it, except for certain select seasons seasons in between. I'm going like to go with uh, John Dotson. John Dotson. Okay. Okay. Feel it. Um, next. Man, this is so hard. <laughs> you didn't do your homework, son. I did, but it's just tough to decide. Yeah, it is, on the spot. Uh, I'm going to give him Matt Sarah. Matt Sarah, okay, okay. Taking one for the team there. He likes yeah. to get loud. He yells at his when he's cornering uh, Chris Weidman. Punch him in the fucking face, Chris. BGSP won the title. <laughs> yep. I'm going off the board with my sixth pick. I'm going Kimbo Slice. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> feel like that's a steal this late in the draft. But we shall see. It definitely and was. My second to last pick. Hmm. I'm going Rose Nami Yunus. First woman off the board. Ooh. Very good. Very good. So I get two again here? Yep. Your last two picks in the draft. Oh, boy. That's crazy. Um... Still some pretty good options out there. Yeah. You got heavyweights. <clears throat> you got welterweights, lightweights, moneyweights. Sure. Moneyweights. Just trying to fill time here while you're thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Uh, first, I want to go with. Got people that won their season, people that lost their season. Yeah, I'm trying to think here. Man, I left sucks. <laughs> I'll start um, naming people if you want. I mean, if you want to. Stephen Bonner, Gray Maynard, Michael Chiesa, Joe Lozon, 
Cole Miller, Josh Koscheck, Matt Mitrio, and Matt Brown, Michael Johnson, uh, Tim Elliott. Plenty of names out there. Okay, I'm going to go with uh, Josh Koscheck. Josh Koscheck, all right. And finally, last but not least, I'm going to go with a little bit of a shot in the dark here. And pick. Chris, Chris, Chris Lighty. Chris Lytle? Yeah, Lytle. Yeah, that's pretty good. He wasn't even on my board, but certainly a fun fighter to watch in the top 30 or so. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go... Sorry, it took so long. That's quite all right. <laughs> um, I, all right, since you don't have a pick, I'm basically between Michael Chiesa, Roy Nelson, and Kelvin Gaston. Ooh, and, uh, I, like I think I, I think I'm gonna go Kelvin Gastelum. Just yeah. he's on the come up here, and uh, what the hell? It's the last pick. Don't pick an old timer. <laughs> Let's get some fresh blood in here. All right, so I've prearranged the seeds by our picks. So every fight, quote unquote fight in the first round, will be one of my picks against one of yours. Like your eighth pick against my first pick, and so on and so on. But obviously, in the future rounds, we can't uh, predict it to always be one of mine versus one of yours. But it doesn't really matter because we're just trying to see, determine who we think collectively should advance to the next round. Yeah. All right, first fight of the tournament is my number one pick, Michael Bisbing, against your last pick, Chris Lytle. Now, obviously, this is pretty obvious, but Michael Bisbing, champion. He won a UFC championship belt. He's fought at light heavyweight and middleweight. He's been he's always been in the top ten pretty much his entire career. Yeah. I mean, I think right there, I don't need to use too much of my arguments beyond that to get past Chris Lytle, who, while was a fun little fighter, and uh, went out on top, actually retired, went out on a win against Dan Hardy in his hometown. Great moment for him. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, pretty much I agree. Uh, Lady's a tough guy. He was uh, around for a while and um, smart dude. Uh, but like you said, Michael Bisping has been a uh, contender pretty much his whole career. He's been in the top ten. I mean, he's been through fucking eye surgeries. He's fought all kinds of people forever. I mean, he's been in the UFC for I mean, his de- debut, like, 10 years to miss to the day of winning the title or something crazy like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, who can do that? But, uh, I think you have to say Michael Bisping is a hand down, hands-down winner here. But just based on his career as of the last year, let alone yeah. his whole career. Absolutely. Yeah, he advances. First person to advance the Elite Eight. <laughs> <laughs> Next matchup is a lot closer than the blowout in the in the last fight. We have my fourth pick, Tony Ferguson, going up against your fifth pick, John Dodson. Wow. So what are your thoughts on both of these guys? Well, um, uh, Tony Ferguson has been the top contender in the lightweight now for like a year or two. Still hasn't gotten his title shot. Still hasn't gotten his fight events against Khabib to really determine 
the number one contender. Um, before that, he was like a middle-run guy, but he did come from tough. And definitely a solid fighter. that got some great wins. Um, I, don't know, I don't know how many losses he has, but he's on a hell of a streak. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh, uh, John Dotson, he is a flyweight. Now he's a bantamweight, I believe. But, um, you know, he's had a great career, a lot of great fights. He's lost to uh, DJ twice, however. Um, never really could best DJ. He had a close fight with him, which was a good fight. Um, but he's been around. He's uh, always a top contender in flyweight. And I guess he's getting up there in bantamweight now. He's fighting to who? Or who's he fighting next? Eddie Wyland. Eddie, yeah, Eddie Wyland. I did predict him to lose, but... Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that he's always been up. Case. He's at the top of the divisions. He's a quick guy. He's tough. He's tough as shit. I mean, he could throw down. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's got power. He's got speed. Like I said on our last podcast last week, he uh, he has these tendencies to not be active enough. He was that was not the case in the John Lineker fight. That was a great fight that could have gone either way. But against Zach Mikowski. He won that fight, but could have easily lost on a decision because he just was not being active enough. He was not throwing enough. But yeah. he he is a really good fighter at two-way classes. My case against him is he's had his shot. He's had two title shots against Demetrius Johnson and lost them both. Yeah, and, I was yeah. going to say that like him and Ferguson are similar where they've like, been the contender at the top for a while, but you're right where he, Ferguson he hasn't has had, had his two shots. Or he yeah. hasn't failed yet. I mean... And I think yeah. Tony Ferguson is a testament to the success that could be the ultimate fighter. He won his season. He was raw back then. He was not the fighter he is today. Yeah. But it gave him a place to shine. It gave him a chance at, at some, sh- uh, some shine again and uh, a little bit of money and a chance in the UFC. And he slowly worked his way up. He, I think he won – he's on like an eight or nine fight winning streak. Uh, I think he's only lost once, maybe twice in the UFC – and he, he just gradually worked his way up. And right now he has a chance to become the interim lightweight champion and get a shot against Conor McGregor. So that's a hell of a, a rise and more than I think John Dodson could say. Yeah, I mean, I'd have to agree with you there. Um, it's not like for like Ferguson. It wasn't his fault he didn't get the Khabib fight. Um, it was Khabib that pulled out. So, I mean, he's been trying forever to get that fight. He's been trying forever to get the title fight. He hasn't yet, but it's by no fault of his. I mean, he has pulled out of the Khabib fight once, but um, it's a I, I, I wouldn't fa- fault him for not getting his title shot yet. Yeah, for sure. All right, so Tony Ferguson advances to the Elite Eight. Next up, we have your second pick, Rashad Evans, against my seventh pick, Rose Namajunas. And before you come in with the the hammer, I'll give my case for Rose here. Obviously, Rashad, I had him in my top five all-time light heavyweights, in the last episode, but Rose, okay, there's not a whole lot of case to be made here, but she has the potential to one day maybe be able to beat Rashad in this match. I will say that. Like, she's yeah. still very young, very it's talented, not there improving. She lost the title shot to Carlos Sparza at the end of that season, but she's gone on to have some great wins against Angela Hill, Paige Van Sant. Uh, she lost to Karolina Kowalkovich in her last time out, but it was a close competitive fight, and Carolina has proven how tough she is. And she's about to fight Michelle Watterson for a chance at a title shot, and if she wins that, hey, she beats Ioana, that's something to say, and if maybe she, if she doesn't go on a run now, 
She has plenty of time to go on a run at some point in the future. She's only going to get better, but yeah, Rashad Evans, I mean, the guy's champion in the light heavyweight division. Uh, like I said, he was my number five light heavyweight of all time, so hard to argue, but make the argument anyway. Yeah, um, do agree with you about Rose. She is, um, I mean, she has stuttered a little bit in her career at times, but has had awesome wins and looked great and tough as shit in those fights. Um, um, she's definitely got plenty of time, like you said. Um, I hope she does make a run here. I like her a lot. Like I said, I don't see her resting Waterson yet, but I, that doesn't end her career or anything or potential at all. I think she's got a lot of potential. The flyweight division is just stacked right Straw now. Yeah. Strawweight, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, they're just stacked right now, and there's so many contenders there. Yep. Um, but she'll get there eventually. Um, but, yeah, Rashad is, like you said, he's a champion. I think he's a future Hall of Famer. Um, he is tough as shit. He's got some brutal knockouts. Um, he's pretty much, I mean, his career's taking a turn now because he got injured real bad, and now he's trying to, he looks really small fighting, fighting at middleweight now. But at light heavyweight, he was a legend. would take on anybody. Um, and uh, he's just, I think he's just, he best rose by a bit. Yeah, for sure. That was the easy on. one. He yeah. advances to the Elite Eight. Uh, next up, we have the three seed, TJ Dillshaw. Or not three seed, my third pick, TJ Dillshaw, against your sixth pick, Matt Sarah. Now, I'd love to hear your case for Matt Sarah. I think there's potentially a case to be made. So, <coughs> Well, um, Matt Sarah, <coughs> excuse me, Matt Sarah won his season of the Ultimate Fighter, I believe. Yep. He got um, I think to, it was the fourth season. Yeah, it was the uh, only other time when active fighters or former fighters uh, competed on the show, and he earned his shot against GSP at the end of it, and then, of course, something happened from there. Yeah, yeah, he earned his title shot winning the fourth season against GSP and um, upset the world, shocked the world there. He caught uh, GSP with that nice head kick and finished him on the ground to win the title. Didn't hold it very long, but uh, he did that. Uh, was it the did they get a rate? Did GSP get a rematch right away, or was there a fight in between? Pretty sure it was immediate rematch, and he won by yeah. decision. Yeah, GSP pretty much schooled him on the ground stuff. But I mean, he has that that uh, that a credential to his uh, yeah. career. I mean, and that's a huge that, moment for the Ultimate Fighter legitimacy. Like it, people thought it was a joke that the winner of the season was going to get a fight against GSP. Like they had no chance, and he comes out. And cracks him, knocks him out, and there you go, Ultimate Fighter. Who's laughing now? Yeah, right. That was crazy. Just but um, I mean, he's got great jiu-jitsu too, and um, I'm pretty sure he's won some big jiu-jitsu tournaments. And he's a great coach now. I don't know if that really matters in terms of this, but yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, it's like overall career and aspects of the person. So I mean, he's a great coach. He's got a great camp. Um, him and Longo in New York, and uh, I just, I mean. Um, I don't know if he necessarily best TJ, but um, I think he's definitely up there in like the middle of our rankings here. Yeah, I do think there's the argument that he's more important to the actual Ultimate Fighter itself than TJ Dillashaw because yeah, I mean TJ Dillashaw, he didn't even win the season of the Ultimate Fighter. Yeah, he lost to um, John uh, Dodson. Got uh, submitted or knocked out by John Dodson, yeah, I believe. Knocked out, yeah, but. What he has done 
his go on to become one of the best bantamweights in the world. Had the championship for a decent amount of time before Dominic Cruz came back and claimed what was rightfully his. And now he's back in line for a title shot again against Cody Garbrandt uh, following this redemption season of the Ultimate Fighter. I don't. I think that's a toss-up fight, and if he wins that, I mean, that's a pretty successful achievement there. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's close because as far as the, the Ultimate Fighter goes, people probably don't even remember him as a person from the Ultimate Fighter. Whereas yeah. Matt Serra, like, that's what it was all about with him at that point yeah. in his career. That's very true. Um... So, yeah, it's the Ultimate Fighter doesn't really hold stake in TJ's career. It's what he's done since then with the uh, uh, it beat Burrell, shocked Burrell, and dominated him. Yeah, and, twice. Uh, yeah. I mean, that stuff still counts, but... Yeah. Yeah, like we said, it's not exactly cut and dry with the, <clears throat> what the debate could be. What's your final decision on this one? Uh, so what's tough... Um, I, think, like, I think TJ should still be the champion. I thought he never lost to Cruz. So in my mind, he's still the best bantamweight. Um, it'd be interesting to see what happens in this Garbrandt fight. Um, but like you said, it's, they're the coaches of this season, so it won't be for a while. But um, it's tough. Like it's this argument: like who's more important to the Ultimate Fighter, or is it the best fighter to come out of the Ultimate Fighter? You know what I mean? It's like what are we going to really decide on here? I don't know. Whatever you want. Let's hear um, it. Well, I, I don't, to me, even though I picked Matt Sarah, I just think. TJ Dillashaw is a bigger name at this point, fight, fighter-wise. But, I mean, Matt Serra is well-known in the MMA community, and especially with the UFC, he's on Daniel White's TV show or YouTube show looking for a fight. Like I said, he's the coach, owner of one of the biggest name, uh, teams in MMA. Um, I don't know. It's very tough. It's just, um, I think I'm going to go... I'm going to go with Matt Serra because... Like I said, he's a bigger name as a whole within the MMA community between the time that he fought right. one tough, one GSP, yeah, BGSP. I think he's a bigger name as a whole in the MMA community than TJ, so I'm going to go with Matt Serra. All right, this is exciting. I uh, It was close for me as well, but I'm going to go with my guy, TJ Dill, because, I don't know, I just think he's had a pretty long reign of Bantamweight champion already and immediately got right back in the mix and could get it right back. As impressive as the Matt Serra stuff is with the GSP and all, he did immediately lose <laughs> right afterwards. Dominantly, yeah. it was hardly ever heard from again after that. So I guess we're going to a coin flip unless you want to use your uh, override. Yeah, I'm going to save that for a later round. Yeah, me too. Um, all right, here we go. Heads will be the favorite, TJ Dillashaw. Tails will be the underdog, Matt Serra. And I will be honest. Here we go. <laughs> I, believe, I trust you. And it landed wrong. Up, oh, it's heads. TJ Dillshaw advances. Some bitch. Hell of a try by <laughs> Matt Sarah. All right, that was fun. Moving on. My second pick, Forrest Griffin, is facing your seventh pick, someone from his own season, the first season, Josh Koscheck. So I think that kind of goes against uh Koscheck here probably hurts him a little more than if he was facing someone that wasn't on his own season since yeah. Forrest Griffin did ultimately win that season and also become the first Ultimate Fighter cast member to ever win a championship belt when he defeated Rampage Jackson. 
So yeah, it's, it's um, pretty simple for me, cut and dry. I mean, Koscheck had a pretty great career as well. I mean, he did get a title shot or two against GSP. I can't remember if he ever got a second one, but uh, but yeah, I mean, and he's had a good run, but he kind of was a flash in a pan in a way. Like the fact that he never would fight John Fitch kind of hurts him, and then he really fell off a cliff here at the end of his career. So uh, easy choice for me, Forrest Griffin. Yeah, um, yeah, I'd have to agree with you. I mean, Forrest was champion. He was that fight with Stephen Bonner was iconic. Really kind of saved the UFC and put it on the map. And I mean, Koscheck has been very successful, really. I mean, he, I guess earlier in his career he was, but he lost to GSP. He got, I mean, his eye blown out of his head yeah. with the jab, and uh, it has not looked good ever since then, really. And uh, yeah, I think it's pretty easy for us here. Yeah, so Forrest advances to the Elite Eight, and he will face either your third pick, Kenny Florian, or my sixth pick, Kimbo Slice, Kevin Ferguson. Oh, boy. This could be interesting. Um, you picked Kenny. Tell me why and why he deserves to beat Kimbo Slice. Oh, man, Kenny Florian, what a career he had as a fighter. Uh, he was on the first season of The Ultimate Fighter. Yep. Um, I don't know if you won. Was that was it two way? It was two way classes there, right? Yeah, he lost to oh, okay. Diego Sanchez in the finale, but yeah. I mean, obviously, still went on for from to have success from there. Yeah, I mean, he fought in like four different weight classes. I think it was. Um, I mean, he got a title shot against Jose Aldo at one forty five. He gave him a decent fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely did. And uh, I mean, he was. Did he ever win a championship? I don't think he did. No, he didn't. Yeah. He had, a, he had a few title fights, but never won one. He might be one but, of I mean, the best uh, fighters that never has won. Yeah, okay. I, I agree. Um, him and Uriah Faber and all that. Well, Faber has, I guess, in the WEC, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, Kenny Fullerian had a story career, fought in four different weight classes. He's now an analyst for Fox. He's a great analyst, if you ask me. And... Uh, yeah, I mean, he's a big, big name in the MMA community. Still trains with a lot of fighters. Still, I mean, he has a great jiu-jitsu. He's won some jiu-jitsu titles. But, um, yeah, he's a big name in the MMA community. Yeah, and Kimbo, also a big name in the MMA community. Yeah. For different Rest reasons. Yes, for sure. Um, yeah, how can you vote against a dead guy? Come on. <laughs> I mean, Florian is workmanlike. No flash. All hard work. He's another guy that like embodies the ultimate fighter because he he wasn't really anything before that first season of the show and made it all the way to the finale against the the clearly superior athlete Diego Sanchez and was able to just like Tony Ferguson in a way gradually get better gradually get better beat anyone that they put against him until he got to the top against any title fight he lost obviously but the guy was just all-around solid, uh, nice guy, plagiarism yeah. aside, seems like a pretty nice guy, uh, <laughs> decent analyst, and obviously still has a presence to this day for the UFC, and uh, that's pretty important. But Kimbo Slice was was the man of the hour. He was the YouTube star. He, he The iconic look, the beard, even yeah. if he only f- had like two or three UFC fights, like that season of The Ultimate Fighter, was probably the highest rated to this day because of him solely. Yeah. And uh, anytime he fought, it's an event, even if it's a joke of an event. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, there's Bellator cards that he had lined for outrageous numbers, <clears throat> and they were all shitty, shitty. Fight. I mean, the Dada 5000 fight was the worst MMA fight of all time by a long, long shot. But it did good numbers. But it did insane numbers. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know here as far as – I have to probably still lean Florian just because Kimbo – he was big before the Ultimate Fighter. The Ultimate Fighter didn't make him big, um, but it still raised his stock, I believe, and uh, raised his his fame, and actually gave him that chance to eventually go to Elite XC and Bellator and and really take it even higher than it already was. But, yeah, I mean, sorry, Kevin. No, I'm just gonna say, but I gotta go Florian just because. I mean, he's still the thing that gets me to lean towards him as he still is a presence in the UFC today. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, um, yeah, you, you're right in saying that the Ultimate Fighter didn't make Kimbo bigger. I think Kimbo made the Ultimate Fighter bigger, at least for that season. Mm-hmm. And like we said, he made any card he was on bigger and all that, <clears throat> which is, I mean, I think it's a, it's not a knock on him at all. It's, it's good for him, but... You're right. I mean, Kenny Florian was on the first season of The Ultimate Fighter, and he's still around today. I think that's a testament to The Ultimate Fighter also. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I agree. I'm definitely going to go with Kenny Florian on this. Not by a wide margin, but Kimbo was a legend in what he had done for the sport anyway. Not yeah. Like, but, um, yeah, I think Kenny Florian is just a more important piece in the MMA puzzle. Absolutely. All right, well, only two more matches to go here in the first round. Next up... Your fourth pick, Ryan Bader, against my fifth pick, the aforementioned Diego Sanchez. Uh, I think this is a close one. Um, both guys won their season, or their division of their season, in the Ultimate Fighter. Yeah. Both guys went on to compete at the upper echelons of their division. Neither guy ever won a title. Uh, they're both still fighting, obviously. Uh, Bader now in Bellator. Sanchez is about to fight Ally Quinta. Um, yeah, this is interesting. What do you yeah. think? Um, well, it's it's tricky. Be, I mean, uh, Ryan Bader is still around, and he was he never got a title shot, but he was always a perennial contender, and he was always up there. He might lose a crucial fight here and there, but he was always in like the middle to the higher ranks of the light heavyweight, and uh, I mean, he's got a few notable wins. And I'm pretty sure he just landed a big contract in Bellator. And Might win uh, the title over there. Yeah, is he, is he getting a title shot right off the bat? No, he's yeah. fighting King Mel. Oh, okay. But I'm sure it won't be long before he gets a title shot. Mm-hmm. Even if he loses that fight, they'll route him there somehow. Yeah, exactly. But um, Diego Sanchez, I mean, he's... Uh, excuse me. He uh, won his... Um, season of the Ultimate Fighter, and he's tough as shit. He's got some memorable fights. I mean, he's been fighter of the year, fight of the year contender a few times, I believe. Mm-hmm. Some of his fights are just insane. So, uh, but I mean, as of late, his career. What is his career nowadays? You know what I mean? It's, it's hit or miss. So. He's still a draw. He's still the co-main event of shows and stuff like that. Like it's crazy. Yeah, if you look at his recent career, he's obviously not the same guy. At a certain point, maybe three, four years ago, he kind of just lost it. I mean, he took yeah. he because he was entertaining as hell. Took a lot of damage in his fights. He's got an incredible chin. Uh, 
and at a certain point it's gone, but he's still entertaining even if he's not good anymore. So that's there's that. He's still a draw. People still love watching him fight. And, but in his prime, man, he was something else, a freak of nature, destroying people. Obviously, when he fought BJ Penn for the title, he got destroyed, and that might have been the beginning of the end as far as yeah. his like peak of his career. But I just feel like coming from the very first season of The Ultimate Fighter, being a guy that was like crazy, he had a certain image, the nightmare, he's looking, no, that was BJ Penn looking blood off his gloves, yes. <laughs> screaming yes, or whatever he did, and still iconic to this day. Yeah, I mean. So I, I got to pick him over Boring Bader. Uh, I mean, <laughs> Ryan Bader, I do think he will continue to have success in his career and be uh, one of the top guys, but just no one remembers him. Like, casual fans don't even know who, the, who he is, even though he's been a top five light heavyweight for years. So, yeah, I got yeah, Diego. Um, I agree, and some casual fans probably did, they might not even know Diego Sanchez, but they know his fights because of how crazy they are. They always get replayed and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, the size of the cuts that Diego Sanchez has gotten in some of his fights is just insane. Oh my <laughs> just God. be like literally drenched in blood. But yeah, I mean, I have to agree with you. Um, go with Diego Sanchez here a little bit over uh, Ryan Bader, just based on excitement in their fights and yeah. name value. Yep. So that's uh, interesting. That we had four people from the very first season of The Ultimate Fighter in the 16, wow. and three of them advanced to the second round. It's crazy. But the last first-round fight is Nate Diaz, your number one pick overall against my last pick, Kelvin Gastelum. I don't think there's going to be much of an argument here, but Nate yeah. Diaz, he's been around the block. It's pretty crazy. It took so long for him to eventually cash in on his uh, notoriety, but both of yeah. the Diaz brothers have that special fuck-you attitude and just do what they do, and great fighters. He's fought at two weight classes, lightweight and welterweight. He's had more success at lightweight, but obviously beat Conor McGregor at welterweight, which is iconic. Yeah. And meanwhile, Kelvin Gastelum is a guy who won the Ultimate Fighter. He beat Uriah Hall. He goes down to welterweight, has success, but can't make weight frequently enough, so moves back up and has now had two impressive wins in a row. Again... Like Rose Namajunas, maybe a guy that, if he continues to do what he's doing, could eventually be a little bit higher considered on this kind of thing. But as of right now, he's still just young and in the early stages of his career. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, Nate Diaz, thank God he finally got the cash in. Um, I think he definitely deserves it. It was a joke what they were paying him before. Something like 25 and 25 or something stupid like yeah. that. but. And that was only like two years ago. Yeah. Um, it's crazy what he's done. I've said this a few times, but like when he beat Michael Johnson and was saying, calling out Conor McGregor, I thought that was a joke. Like, no way you'll ever get that fight. And then he did, and it was awesome. The trash talk was awesome. The fight was awesome. Mm -hmm. And I, it was a very close second fight. But yeah, I mean, Nate Diaz has been around forever. He's got a shitload of UFC fights. He's got a shitload of submissions. He's got uh, some great fights, but uh, Kelvin Gaston just isn't there yet. Um, he might make it there, but who knows. Um, so I think Nate Diaz, hands down, wins this one. Nice, I agree. So he's moving on to the Elite Eight. Nice. And now let's see who's going to get to the final four of this season of 
the the ultimate red belt yeah. fighter or something. I don't know what we're going to call it. we got to think about that. But <laughs> All right, next up, first match of the Elite Eight is both of my fighters, Michael Bisbing versus Tony Ferguson. This is interesting. Uh, Michael Bisbing, obviously, hell of a year in 2016 maybe one of the best years ever outside of john jones when he won the belt uh beating anderson silva getting that monkey off his back thought he'd never get a chance to face him after all these years when he just couldn't crack into the title shot territory yeah beats him a little bit of controversy but he definitely beat him yeah comes back gets a late replacement shot against luke rockhold who had already dominated him and knocks him out Wins the title. Unthinkable has happened. Then he gets a rematch and revenge his loss. Embarrassing loss to Dan Henderson. Umers had another one, but managed to do the damn thing and keep the belt. And now he gets to fight GSP to continue his Legends ass-kicking tour. Potentially. Uh, I mean, just such a late career resurgence. If we were doing this before 2016, he'd probably be like a middle to... I'd probably be like a, a middle round pick. Yeah. You know, but as because of the last couple of years, he's the number one overall pick. And yeah. for a reason. So good on him. But also, I feel like there's a case to be made for Tony Ferguson here because he's he has a chance. The potential is here for in maybe not in 2017, but in 2018 to beat either Nate Diaz or Edson Barbosa to an interim championship and beat Conor McGregor. And if he does those things, the dude is on top of the world. Obviously, he's not going to surpass Conor by fame or anything, but he'd be in that Nate Diaz zone right now, you know, at least. And I don't know. I think he's got a personality that could eventually shine. He's not like a huge personality right now, but he's cocky. He's got things to say. He's not like a... A guy like T.J. Dillashaw, who's just like boring as hell, and you know couldn't squeeze the promo out of him, no matter how hard you tried. Yeah. Potential is there, entertainment value. So I don't know who I'm going to pick in this one. Yeah, I mean uh, that's like kind of one of the things I've never liked about uh, Tony Ferguson is his like personality. Um, it just like seems so dumb to me. I mean, when he tries to talk trash and stuff, yeah, it just seems it just seems silly to me sometimes. But uh, yeah, I just think Michael Bisping's accomplishments are much surpassed Tony Ferguson's. I mean, he's been around forever. He's won his season of the Ultimate Fighter. Um, I guess Ferguson did too, but uh, Bisping won his season. I mean, he's been around for 12, 10, 11 years, something like that. And, I mean, he was a middle to top contender in the middleweight division for a long time. I and mean, he was just always lose, like, the crucial fight here and there. But he finally broke through that, got, like you said, the Anderson win, the Luke Rock. I mean, the Luke Rockhold win was so fucking shocking. It was crazy. It's one of my favorite moments from 2016. I mean, I watched that over and over again. And Yeah, uh, it was awesome. Could have lost the Dan Henderson fight, but they gave it to him. Um, and, like, he got this GSP fight. That's crazy in itself. I mean, uh, I mean, that's great for him, but... I just think those, I mean, those accomplishments are much more than Tony Ferguson can uh, can amount to right now. So busy now, in the future, pick? it could, like you said, with the title fight and all that, but he's not there yet. Okay, so Bisbing's your pick. Yeah. 
Alright, um, I'm going Ferguson. I, um, I just think he's, he's a better overall fighter. He's, he's spectacular on the feet and the ground. Good wrestler too. Bisping solid everywhere. Obviously can't take anything away from Bisping, but if I'm going to poke holes in his 2016, he got knocked out in the third round of the Anderson Silva fight. Should have been stopped there. Would have been, uh, end of that Cinderella story. Yeah, but he didn't. Fair. Hey, I'm trying to poke holes here. <laughs> and then, uh, he got a lucky punch against Luke Rockhold. Yeah, and he almost got knocked out by Dan Henderson. I and love I Dan thought, Henderson and thought he won that fight. And I think he could have arguably lost the fight against Dan Henderson, who had no right to even be given that title shot. And I think he's going to get dominated by GSP. So, I got to go with the hype, Ferguson. I think the potential is greater. I, if we do this, if we did this tournament a year from now, I think this would be an easy. Well, depending on how things go, an easier decision. But I'm using my override on Tony Ferguson. To Wasted that. I know, but I did it. <laughs> <laughs> I just uh, still, even though I like Bisbing a lot more now than I used to, still not a big fan. And Tony Ferguson's one of my favorite fighters, so I need to see him in the final four here. All right. There you go. All right. Next up. You finally get a fighter in the Elite Eight. Rashad Evans is going up against TJ Dillashaw. Two, well, I think you actually like Dillashaw better than your own guy here, Evans. Yeah. But what's uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, well, this is a tough, like you said, TJ. I definitely like more. He's one of my favorite fighters. But <clears throat> Rashad Evans, um, uh, like I said before, he's been champion. I mean, TJ has two. Well, who was a better champion? I would have to say TJ. Um, but Rashad has got a few knockouts to his name, but I mean, TJ's got some dominating wins that I think are, some are more impressive. I think some Rashad are more impressive, but overall I'm going to probably have to go TJ just because like I said, he's a better champion. He's still up on the upside. Rashad is on the very much the downside. Um, TJ came right back in the title contention after losing his title. And overall, I think he's a better fighter, and his career is going to amount to much more. Interesting. Uh, you're picking my guy, and I'm about to pick your guy. <laughs> uh, I got to go. Yeah, everything you said about Dillshaw is completely true. But he's a basic bitch. He's boring as shit. Uh, <laughs> Evans, he's a personality on top of it all. Like He was a coach for the Ultimate Fighter against Rampage Jackson in what was probably one of the most highly rated seasons of the show. And people really were excited to see that fight at the end of that because they put on a show. He was yeah. got more notoriety with his, almost getting in a fight with Matt Hughes during his season. Um, he won the title in impressive fashion. He was an incredible fighter. And he's, he's moved down to middleweight, and he doesn't look half bad there. But he's still a face that I think most fans would recognize, even if, you know, even if they're casual. Like, he is a recognizable name, face, and like I said, he was one of my top five light heavyweights of all time. So, Dillshaw might be one of the top five bantamweights of all time, but that is a much younger weight class, a much lesser established division. So, I, I got to go, Evans. All right. Uh, I'm just going to have to flip the coin on that. All right, flipping a coin. Heads is Evans. 
Tails is TJ. Um, and it's Rashad Evans. Advancing. Right. I can't be mad. It was my guy. Right, you were in a win-win situation there. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Rashad in the final four against Attorney Ferguson coming up. But first, another battle of the season one veterans. One guy won his season and went on to win the light heavyweight championship of the world. The other lost in the finals and went on to lose every title fight he ever got. (laughs) (laughs) Forrest Griffin versus Kenny Florian. Again, because they were on the same season and it's such an easy path to compare, it's pretty easy for me to pick Forrest Griffin here. But can you make a case? I not really. I kind of agree with that assessment. Just, I mean, like you said, I mean, like I've said, Kenny Florian was around a while, fought in a lot of divisions, but he fought in a lot of divisions because he kept losing title fights. Yeah. <laughs> and never won one. And Forrest Griffin was a staple in the light heavyweight division, was champion, uh, put UFC on the map with the ultimate fighter. So. The iconic battle against Stefan Bonner in the finale. I mean, one of the greatest fights, maybe at least in Ultimate Fighter history, if not UFC history. Yeah. That moment against Shogun Hua when he submitted him, when Shogun was at his peak coming into the UFC, like, so many great moments. And he still is a part of, he, like, hosts some shows, and he's a presence still to this day. Yeah, definitely. All right, next up, Diego, the dream slash nightmare, Sanchez, against Nate Diaz. Now, you're going to have to take this one away first. All right. Um, well, my guy here, Nate Diaz, um, he won the money fight against Conor McGregor. He's um, really surged in popularity. I mean, I'd say he's the second most popular fighter in the UFC. Uh, third. Okay, maybe. Ronda Rousey. Yeah, yeah. But she's falling off. But, yeah, okay. I still think she has more star power, drawing power, at least proven, because Nate hasn't proved he can do it on his own yet. Yeah, okay. Um, well, like I said, one of the top most popular fighters in the UFC. Um, <clears throat> been around for a while. Um, won his season with the Ultimate Fighter. Um, so did Diego, but... Um, I don't know, he's been around for a while. He's got the most... Some of those on the top list of most submissions in the UFC of all time. It's fun most of his career at lightweight, a few fights at welterweight, but... Um, Great boxing. Yeah, very good boxing, very good submissions. Um, I just, I think he's a more complete fighter than Diego Sanchez. Um, Diego's tough as shit. Been around for a while. Um, I just feel like Nate Diaz has had better wins overall than uh, Diego Sanchez. It's both similar. They can take, like, a lot of damage to suit, but... Uh, I feel like Nate Diaz does a better job with it. Okay, yeah. Um, this is a fight I would love to have seen, at least when Diego was still a little bit closer to his prime. Yeah. I mean, that would have been a hell of a scrap. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Nate is, without a doubt, at least bare minimum top five draw in the UFC right now. Yeah. If you include GSP and, I don't know, he's probably at least three or four, top three or four. And yeah. Is great, but was always overshadowed by his brother Nick pretty much his whole career until very recently. Uh, was always figured to be the lesser of the two, the, uh, the scrappy, smaller guy compared to the bigger, 
more successful Nick Diaz, and <clears throat> he has suffered quite a bit of losses in his career as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's had little peaks that he's got lazy and stuff like that. He's missed weight. I mean, uh, he lost to anytime he tried to go up to welterweight, he would get beat by a wrestler like Dong Hyun Kim or yeah, uh, I can't remember the other guy I was thinking of, but and even at lightweight, he'll have flashes of flashes of brilliance like he did against Michael Johnson or Donald Cerrone, but then he'll come out like against Josh Thompson and have to be thrown in a towel because it's, yeah. he just wasn't prepared. Yeah, and uh, somebody else beat him real bad. Uh, RDA smashed him. Right, right. And um, he he does have he does Ben cut, Henderson. Right, he does cut great promos. Like, and it's probably not even intentionally. It's just him being him, which is a great asset to have, and why he's so popular. Yeah. But Diego Sanchez, man, in his prime, the fight against Clay Guida was incredible. That run there, that little stretch run leading up to his fight against BJ Penn, he was putting on some of the best, most entertaining fights you could ask for. And I can't... (laughs) The only reason I'm doing this is to try to force you to use your overdrive, but I'm picking Diego Sanchez. So you either can let it go to a coin coin flip or you can can use your override to advance (laughs) Nate Diaz. I'm going to use it. Yes. Yes. All right. Nate, that's a good choice. Nate Diaz advances to the final four. So we each have two of our picks. I have my fourth pick and my second pick. You have your first and second picks still remaining. All right. And no more. I don't know why I keep changing what it's called every time. I don't even remember what we called it initially. But, uh, veto. The veto. The power of veto. No more power of vetoes left. Um First, to see who gets into the championship match is Tony Ferguson, my boy, the underdog, against Rashad Sugar Evans, or Sugar Rashad Evans. <laughs> um, we've pretty much broken him down a lot, so yeah. not much more to say. Uh, I got to stick with my boy, though. I'm going to go Tony Ferguson, especially because of the way Rashad really disappointed. Like, think of the <clears throat> Antonio Ruggiero. Nogueira fight when he's just I don't understand how you can pick Rashad over TJ but then Ferguson over (laughs) Rashad that's crazy you never understand the mind of a brilliant person (laughs) (laughs) but that's how it's going well I'm definitely going to pick Rashad because like I said I don't know how you can pick him over TJ and then Ferguson over Rashad I would definitely pick TJ over Ferguson so by that logic I pick Rashad Evans all right, I think Ferguson might be the best of all time at some point, but we You're out of it. your mind. <laughs> um, heads is Rashad, tails is Ferguson. It's up. It's tails. Um, I'll send you a picture if you don't believe me. What is that? What is that one? Tony Ferguson. That's bullshit. Tony Ferguson has completed his run to the finale. I'm following official play. appeal. <laughs> I've been recording this whole thing, so I feel <laughs> fine. Um, all right, the other side of the bracket is an interesting fight. Forrest Griffin against, <laughs> I'm making this up on the fly, Nasty Nate Diaz. <laughs> you bet your goddamn candy ass I'm going Nate Diaz. <laughs> uh, but Forrest Griffin, I mean... I, I they both have downs like neither one is like the supreme athlete who's perfect and Nate Diaz has had a way better career. 
I don't know. I think it's debatable. Um, Forrest, no one thought he was going to win the title. He's the first person out of the Ultimate Fighter to ever win a title. Nobody thought Nate Diaz would beat fucking Conor McGregor. Fair enough. And um, he still... They even fight him for that. He lost the rematch and... Uh, he's hardly. Both have lost a lot of fights in their careers. And I just think the OG has got to be my pick. You're crazy. All right, so heads is Nate Diaz, tails is Forrest Griffin. Jesus. The coin is up. And Nate Diaz advances to the championship. Damn right he does. <laughs> wow, what an interesting turn of events here. Power of the gods. <laughs> yep. Uh, the championship <laughs> fight for best, most slash most important Ultimate Fighter contestant. Is the fight that we want to see in real life. Tony Ferguson versus Nate Diaz. Yeah. Will Nate Diaz even agree to this match? Probably this make believe uh, fantasy fighting tournament. Um, yeah, I don't know. The way I'm going to treat this is how I think this fight would go down in real life. How are you yeah, thinking here? I, I already think know. Nate Diaz would box him up. Okay. TKO. Legitimately. Legitimately, hmm. especially if it was a five-round fight. Man, I don't know. I see the way I see it is very close, very similar styles. I just feel like too. Nate Diaz could handle him on the handle him on the ground too. Oh no way! Ferguson's got the better jujitsu. No way. He's got the more well-rounded attack. I know Diaz is probably the more like seasoned jujitsu guy. But he doesn't throw in, mix it up as much. He's it's great off his back. I don't know, man. Ferguson, I feel like dude. Nates has like the first or second most up submissions in UFC history. It's like seventeen submissions. No, that can't be true. Look Fact it up. checker, but uh, look it up. <laughs> you look it up. You made the claim. Um, look it up. <laughs> All right, look it up. Um, yeah, I think Diaz has a slight advantage on the feet. I think Ferguson has a slight advantage on the ground. And I think Ferguson is obviously a better wrestler. I mean, neither one is supremely great, but I feel like Ferguson has the edge of the wrestling, so that's two out of three. But I really think this would go to a decision. I think both are really tough guys who are not going to get knocked out or submitted. It's going to be a hell of a fun fight. It's going to be back and forth. Each person's going to have their moments in the fight. It's going to be split decision by the judges but I think Tony Ferguson is going to do enough to beat Nate Diaz um I disagree <laughs> you're counting submissions uh I'm trying to find it <laughs> don't worry here I'll I'll find it talk about this why you disagree with me vehemently hold on I found it I found it All Nate right. Diaz has nine submissions he's tied for a second alright but a little less than 19. Yeah, I said <laughs> but, 17. Okay. So, uh... Oh, nobody even had 17 finishes. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... Yeah, I just think ATS would win this fight. Uh, like I said, he's, I think I... My opinion, he has better jiu-jitsu. Um, better off his back. Um, I think he would probably be able to get stood up relatively easily. I think he's much better on the feet. He would box him up. 
Um, I just think he would wear him out. I mean, he could take. I feel like he could take whatever Tony Ferguson has to throw and right. counter better. Maybe we'll have. To, hopefully, we have to break this down. Break down this fight for real in a few months. Yeah. So, goes awesome. to the coin flip for the winner of the Ultimate Fighter Special Tournament. I don't know. Nate Diaz. Fucking Nate right, has baby. won. Does he win the right to a trilogy fight against Conor McGregor for the lightweight oh, absolutely. championship? Or does Conor McGregor knock out Floyd Mayweather and never fight in MMA again? <laughs> that would be insane. <laughs> wow. So congratulations to Nate Diaz. I'm not upset about this result. I was really yeah. hoping my underdog story, Tony Ferguson, could come through just like <laughs> the underdog story came through and won in the movie tournament, but uh, yeah. wasn't meant to be. Before he won that. Should I really spoil that? Yeah, it was The Handmaiden, actually. This uh, Korean film. I didn't even think about spoiling it, sorry. (laughs) Hey, you either listened to it or you didn't, but the journey is even better than the destination. So, Before we get out of here on this very special episode of the Red Belt Report, Rampage versus Dan Henderson. Current day. (laughs) This is the the culmination. The, The coaches are fighting each other. Who wins? Uh, that's interesting. That would be a good fight, I think. Um, it would have to happen in Bellator. It would probably be a pay-per-view main event. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> light heavyweight. Uh, Dan, that would be a really good fight. Um, I would, Of course, I'm going to say Dan Henderson wins the fight. I'm going to say Rampage. I think, obviously, Dan Henderson throws the heavier bombs, but I think Rampage, he might not be the prettiest fighter to watch anymore. But he's still yeah. effective with the striking defense, and I think he'd be able to withstand the uh, the Hendo bomb, whatever the hell yeah. you call it. I feel like it might be a frustrating fight to watch. Yeah, at this probably, point, Bruce probably be a lot like Leo Machida versus Dan Henderson was. Yeah, but uh, it goes to the coin flip. I'll say heads is Dan Henderson, tails is oh. Rampage. Dan Henderson knocks yeah. out Rampage. Sweet. <laughs> You're winning all of these coin flips in, at the end. I was winning the early ones, the ones that didn't matter as much. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so thanks for listening. Yeah. Let us know what you thought, if we should be do more of this kind of thing. Less, don't ever do it again because it was stupid, you know. Yeah, let us know what you guys thought, uh, what you, what your picks would have been, what your winners yeah, would have been, anything at all. Anything, yeah, we want to hear it at therebeltreport at gmail.com or on Twitter at redbeltreport. Yeah, I'm at Brooks Phelan. And I'm personally at The Oil Report. And uh, I thought this was a lot of fun. So hopefully you guys did as well. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. It was something new. Um, I think we could take this with any topic and make it interesting. Absolutely. But uh, we'll talk to you after UFC 211. So until then, then. enjoy the fights. Stole that. Stole that from Ariel. (laughs) Peace.